from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. A lot of stuff that we talk about today, which you can watch on WRAL Sports Plus, you'll be able to check out on our YouTube channel later on this afternoon or in the evening. Just check it out on 99.9 The Fan. Look up 99.9 The Fan. We're there on YouTube. ACC Big Ten Challenge is in the books, Jillio, the last one ever, thanks to television deals changing with the Big Ten. They're going to Fox, no more ESPN. So the last ACC Big Ten Challenge goes, appropriately enough, to the home team, the good guys. The ACC gets the last ACC Big Ten Challenge. Thank you, Notre Dame. Let's go. Notre Dame putting the work. Yeah, that was it. That was the thing that got it done. Duke beats Ohio State last night at Cameron Indoor Stadium, a game that I went to. I have my new favorite player. Uh, Northwestern transfer Ryan Young. He looks like a guy who would absolutely work you in a lawyer's league. That's all I'm saying. And probably will one and day. And he will one day. He <laughs> absolutely will one day. Uh, but we'll get to that in a little bit. The, the main question coming out of the ACC Big Ten Challenge isn't, hey, just how good is the league? The big question coming out of last night's action was, so um, how concerned should people be with the state of North Carolina hoops after they've lost three in a row? They started the season as the AP Top 25 number one. They're not the first AP Top 25 number one to lose three games in a row. Duke has done it. Michigan State has done it. But they, Carolina, has now done it. And there's a lot of context as to how North Carolina entered into this three-game losing streak with last night's Indiana loss from being in the Phil Knight Invitational, you know, four-overtime loss, Armando Baycott looking like he's got some ankle issue, and he also hurt his shoulder last night in the loss to Indiana. You know, they, they leave Portland, and they go to Indiana for this game. So, again, there's lots of context to this, but we've seen enough from the Tar Heels, Julio, that there are some some questions that I think are worth asking and when is it that they're going to turn it around and get things clicking? I'm not going to take anything from last night for anything. Mm-hmm. And, I, and you, you alluded to it there. Three games in four days in, in Portland. So the other side of the world, okay? One of them, Ohio State, Iowa State, the kid gets hot. We, Carolina has seen that before. Yeah, Fine. Have. The other one, a four-overtime game against a team in Alabama, that's going to be there in the end. Really talented team. Mm-hmm. A couple of calls go the right way. Carolina wins that game probably in the first overtime. So I'm not going to take anything from that. Carolina could have played anyone last night on the road. (laughs) It just so happened to be they played a good team who had a big who could give them problems. So that's an awful matchup for them. It's a short turnaround. People don't want to hear this because it happens in the NBA all the time. But guess what also happens in the NBA and the NHL all the time? Three-game losing streaks Mm -hmm. where you play well. And you lose because you're, you're worn down. To, I think what we're referring to is a scheduled loss. I mean, because that, that happens in the NHL and the Duke, NBA all the time. Duke last year, the same exact spot. Mm-hmm. They came back from Hawaii. They're feeling great. They're ready to conquer the world. They had to go to Ohio State. Was Ohio State even that good last year? Not really. Nah. But they got them at home in a hornet's nest. I think Indiana's probably better than Ohio State was last year. But I refuse to put any value in last night's loss. Yes, there are three in a row for North Carolina now. North Carolina has to figure out how they can get back to the level where they ended the year last year. Mm -hmm. The biggest mistake people make continuously in sports is they think season two begins where season one ended. Mm -hmm. And the world does not work that way. Even if you bring everybody back, 
And Carolina bought about just about everybody back. But I think we're seeing Brady Manick was really kind of the key master of that team. Where, okay, Caleb Love, maybe you're having a little bit of an off night. It's okay. Because you'd have Brady Manick and R.J. Davis to make up for it. Okay, maybe R.J. Davis, you're having an off night. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Because you've got Brady Manick and Caleb Love to make up for it. When you got three guys who can go on the perimeter, it's okay if one of them has has an off night. And you saw it just so happened at the end of last year, those three guys were all out, man. They were just bawling. I agree with you that there are mistakes made all the time in sports where there's this idea of season to season carryover. Right. Uh, NC State football. We would have beaten UCLA. We're going to go kill ECU. But. North Carolina seems to be the anomaly in years in which they've gone to win championships in terms of season-to-season carryover. There's sort of like this mission hasn't been accomplished yet. Let's go out and do it. And that's why I understood the sentiment around this UNC squad because 16-17 won as a continuation of the previous year having their hearts ripped out by Villanova. 09's championship was a continuation of, hey, Tyler Hansborough is not leaving this university without a freaking national championship. Let's freaking go. You can even go to 82. They lost in the final in 81. Now they added somebody named Michael Jordan. I mean, I don't know why that matters. (laughs) (laughs) Even 05, man. Even 05 was a, are you going to get your act together carryover? Let's go. Go win the championship, right? Uh, Because there was some question as to who was going to go pro in that offseason. And and I I remember Roy Williams openly talking about, you have to put all that stuff to aside about the NBA potential, and you're coming back to win a championship. You're coming back to win. You're not coming back to do any of that stuff, which is what Hubert Davis has alluded to when he did the whole yellow flag uh, soliloquy, which I agreed with, about NIL and the purity of the JV squad and everything else. Why did you come back? So I think the mistake that people made with Carolina is something that you and I have kind of been questioning throughout the offseason. How much of last year – was a team getting hot at the right time using the Duke at Canada oh, as the catapult, yeah. the slingshot around the sun to get you to where you needed to be. I think it's fair to say that that was a huge factor in how they went where they went with the Iron Five and nobody subbed and all that stuff, right? You can't replicate that at this time of the year. That's not to say that Carolina can't still be a good team because we know what they're capable of. You said that Brady Manick is the key master. He clearly was a huge difference maker last year, but they don't have him, and I don't think Pete Nance is the guy that's supposed to re- replicate that. To me, the key master good player. Is, he's a good player. Yeah. To me, that key master, the guy who's going to make this thing go, is Caleb Love. Straight up, hard stop, that's it. Caleb Love is a player that will absolutely get you to fall in love with him, like we saw last year at the end, and then actually cause Roy Williams' hair to get whiter. Okay? So, to me... This season is not going to go anywhere for North Carolina if Caleb Love is not going to get back to running the offense, staying within the offense, not doing things where it's just looking for, all right, I got the ball, let's see what I'm going to create. R.J. Davis has found himself in that situation too. But it's funny, people get caught up in his shot selection, and that's understandable, and he's not shooting well from a three, but there are some other things that happened in the context of the game last night that he's been doing throughout. Five assists in a game, man, for the team? That's not Carolina basketball. That, and that continues to be the issue. That continues not, to be an The ball issue. movement becomes a problem. And I, I think, remember at the beginning of last year, I'm not, I'm not suggesting they're reverting to this form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the beginning of last year, it was, hey, we have Armando Baycott, and everything needs to run through him. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. In the best possible way, Armando Baycott is a garbage man. 
He is an all-time garbage man. He's even talked about it. works the glass. You don't have to run anything for him because he can get it on his own. And that's really where they started to excel last year was when the offense was that perimeter-based or, you know, the perimeter-oriented offense. And, you know, give Hubert Davis credit. He made a lot of adjustments. They ran a lot of different stuff. I saw last night uh, Duke running horns. It made me smile because, you know, Roy Williams, we don't run horns. Well, why? Everyone else runs horns, so we don't do it. There you go. Well, last year, Carolina ran a bunch of horns because it fit what they did. And I think Hubert Davis, you give him some time, he's going to figure this thing out. The talent is there. I have bigger questions about Duke than I do about Carolina. Eh, We can get into Duke later. I don't have as many questions about Duke because I don't think we've seen the full complement of Duke until last night, honestly. John Shire talked about it. Yes. That we haven't really had their guys. He said, we haven't had our guys. And we're starting to see that come come through. We also have to kind of unstick what we're used to seeing from Coach K teams as to what John Shire wants to run. And my final point on Carolina, I think it's completely fair to, and I know uh, our guy Cheryl McMillan at Inside Carolina has pointed this out, uh, Brian Barber, uh, who used to run Tar Heel blog back in the day, has pointed this out. These are like, to me, rational Tar Heel fan takes, which I think is important to get in. Because if you, if you log on to Twitter in a given night of Carolina basketball, you're thinking the end of the world is happening, right? But there are rational opinions out there, and I think it's completely rational to look at this Carolina squad and recalibrate what you think the expectations are, especially as you've seen Virginia look as good as they've looked. And you understand that it's really difficult to replicate what they did last year. That's not to say that you're going to allow them to not be good. There are still expectations, but I think it's okay to recalibrate what we truly think of this team and where they stand in terms of other Tar Heel teams that have been national title contenders. It's the OG. Alongside Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Obias. Big news of college football. The college football playoff is going to expand to 12 sooner rather than later because it looks like Darth Vader college football playoff told the Rose Bowl, pray that we do not alter the deal any further. We'll talk to Ryan McGee, ESPN, next. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, ESPN, Ryan McGee. Uh, Ryan is a huge Star Wars nerd like me, and while we can sit here and we can talk about Andor uh, all yeah. day. More great news for carry commuters. With the new Go Carry app, you can track your bus live on the interactive map feature. Stay informed with the latest news and service updates right at your fingertips. Save your favorite locations and routes for quick and easy access, making your daily commute a breeze. Plus, with the Go Carry app, you can easily connect to gocarry.org for even more resources and information. Best of all, the Go Carry app is absolutely free to download on the Apple and Google Play stores. Go Carry, where getting there is just just a tap away and how awesome it is i feel like ryan there is a there is a star wars analogy with what the college football playoff did with the rose bowl like yeah. like pray we don't alter the deal any further either you're going to get on board with this college football playoff yeah. expansion or you're not is that is that your read yeah and, and listen i love the rose bowl so much um yeah, i went there twice with my father officiating the game um i i am part of the group that says they should play the national championship game there every year. I mean, it's, it is the most beautiful setting for college football. It's the original bowl game. I, I get all that. Um, but the level of self-importance <laughs> has always been off the chart. And if you go, yeah. it, I mean, listen, when, when, when our beloved Jim Delaney, right. Uh, Carolina guy was, was the commissioner of the big 10. And when all of this was happening with the college football playoff and this, his words were, I don't really care what else happens as long as I'm in Pasadena, um, you know, at, at, at three o'clock Eastern on, on New Year's Day. Yeah. And that's kind of how they always feel. And so 
but the reality is is that it's either you get on board or the train's going to leave without you because mm-hmm. what are their options? I mean, you know, and so that, that's what happened was they just kind of ran, but, but they have to be a part of the deal. If they're not a part of the deal, it's going to be a huge hole. Um, but yeah, it's uh yeah. Pray we don't, I'm totally using that by the way, pray we don't offer the deal any further because it's just, <laughs> it, 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 it was what it was. Yeah. I mean, look, I, 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 I think the, the, the story to me and Ryan McGee from ESPN joining us here on the OG, it's, I think it's, if you could go back and do this again, I don't think the colleges and the television networks understood how much leverage they really did have in the grand scheme of things. Um, because I always, I, I think what's happening and what people have learned with the college football playoff over the years is that four teams is a flawed way to go about this. Yeah. You either should have done two, you should have stuck with the BCS, have your committee, spit out two guys. I mean, I don't think anybody would complain if it was just Georgia and Michigan in a national championship game, right? And more often than not, that's usually the case. But four always was going to leave at at least one conference mad, possibly two, because five, five power five spots, four spots, never made any sense to me. And you also find yourself over the years diminishing what we're having this weekend, right? So, like, I'm going to Charlotte for the ACC championship game. Carolina actually has something legitimately to play for, something they haven't yeah. done since 1980. Yeah. Clemson's trying to, you know, take back their corners, reminding the ACC, by the way, enjoy last year, we're back at this. And yet there's little buzz because this is now two seasons in a row, Ryan, where the ACC championship game is meaningless to the larger college football playoff uh, picture. Imagine if this was an automatic qualification. It would yep. matter a heck of a lot more. Yeah, I go back to, um, I remember it was it was the year of the great the great big 12 controversy where you mm. or you know you had you had two uh you know, I think it was tcu and baylor yeah and both had an argument for being in and the commissioner they didn't have a conversation game and the commissioner punted and it was like they both won the game that day and here's coach here's a trophy for both of you it was just a mess but what i remember about that weekend was the fact that it was the first time i was in charlotte for the acc championship it was the first time that game like was legitimately a, a play-in game and Atlanta for the SEC, where I'll be this weekend, is is always a play-in game. I mean, probably isn't for LSU, but it certainly is for Georgia. And so there was that one window where you could see what it was. And I have always argued for the for the playoff expansionists that, you know, the bracket already existed. I mean, you go back to rivalry weekend. You go back to the weekend before that. There's a bracket there, you know, if you look at it. And so, yeah, that's the only thing I worry about. And I hate buys, man. I, I don't – I hate it. I, I – do eight or do 16 I, 12 to me is i keep using the word punt it's a punt i just i watch college football i don't watch the nfl i think the nfl yeah. is a corporate business meeting and, and everything you know it, it's all it's a spreadsheet and so when you throw start throwing in buys that just feels very sunday to me and, mm-hmm. and I, I like my college football to look like college football not to look like the nfl no i'm with you on that i'm with you on that ryan mcgee espn here on the og alongside joe Giulio. I'm Joe Ovias. All right, to the SEC championship game, where you're going to be this weekend. Uh, Marty McGee from Atlanta, all that fun stuff, right? Yeah, we'll be actually going to be on at noon this week as opposed to our normal 9 a.m., which is awesome because that means I can go out Friday night. But it also uh, – <laughs> but it's just because the, the game is at a weird time. It's, it's like it's 4 o'clock time. in the afternoon on Saturday. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we'll, we'll start all the pregame stuff. I, this, to me, is fascinating because LSU and Brian Kelly specifically started off as a punchline. 
you know, yep. my family. Yeah. I've been in, I live in, I've been living in North Carolina since 1995. I still don't have a good Southern accent, but yeah. Brian Kelly tried, man. He tried with his introductory he thing did. at a basketball game and it didn't work out. And it started off Rocky, right? Florida state. Where's this going? Is this team even like Brian Kelly? Like how, how long is it going to take? We're reminded, but Brian Kelly's actually a good coach. You might not he like the guy, football. but he's a yeah. good coach, man. Yeah. And I'll go back. I, I don't, People do not understand, and I thought they did, but but after I watched how they how they acted uh, reacted to Brian Kelly, they don't understand how hard the Notre Dame job is. Yeah, it's impossible. Yeah. I, I've told this story many times. I went up there; they were making a, a, a potential playoff run, um, and they were playing Stanford. And it was a huge game. This is probably this is probably five six years ago, and they're both in the top ten, and it's a huge football game, and. I got there on Thursday and Brian Kelly, who I knew a little, I didn't really sure. know a lot. Um, but every time I talk to him, I learned something, you know, he, he can be prickly. His former players, a lot of times leave kind of angry at him, yeah. but he walked me into the stadium and he goes, when's the last time you were here? I'm like 20 years ago. He goes, you see that scoreboard there in the end zone. He goes, you know, that's where the clock was, the old longinus or whatever the, the old analog clock. He goes like five years of meetings and fights to get a video board put in that end zone. And when I say video board, I'm talking about Joe. Your your the TV, your house is probably about the size of this video board. Yeah, I know. And, what you're the, comp about. and the compromise was they would show a, a a a like a video version of the clock before and after the game. This is what you had to deal with: five years of meetings to replace a 60 year old clock in the end zone. He goes to LSU, he let him do whatever he wants, right. and so I know he can coach football. And now he has a blank checkbook. And so mm. yeah, I, I'm not. I, I'm. We're all surprised there in Atlanta. But I'm not surprised he can coach football. I mean, I, I I believe that all along. But for whatever reason, people don't like him. I mean, he, it, he's not a huggable guy. But, would it surprise but, you if they beat Georgia? Um, yeah, it would surprise the world. Georgia's better than everybody else. Georgia's yes. the best team okay. in the country. I felt that way all along. I was at the Tennessee game when I saw how they they just pushed Tennessee around after Tennessee just beating Alabama. I was like, this is the best team in the country. And everybody keeps waiting on Stetson Bennett the fourth. He of the of the the Northridge Country Club name. Everybody keeps waiting on him. <laughs> to to be bad and to blow games and the georgia fans wanted him benched in the national championship game last year uh they all told him to leave in january mm -hmm. and he keeps coming back and all he's done is win pretty much every game he's ever played so yeah it's it's they're just they're just really 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 good they're gonna win the whole thing georgia gonna win the whole thing i think so i mean yeah. I, i'm I, I i'm blown away with what michigan did against ohio state out of ohio state but the reality is, is that at one point, I think Michigan had started the season with three consecutive teams that were that were in my bottom ten yeah. on ESPN.com. So their schedule's a disaster. Oh, uh, talk to Gilio. Talk to Gilio about when he was because he was filling in for Lauren Brownlow on the AP Top Twenty Five vote this year, and yep. Michigan fans were all up in his mentions all the time. Me too. And, he, and Me it's too. like, well, there's a reason why. Like you haven't done anything yet, and I do yeah. think there's a. And Ryan McGee of ESPN joining us here on the OG. I do think there's. There's a specific context to Ohio State, Michigan, that's separate from just how good Michigan might be. That just might be that Jim Harbaugh has figured out against Ryan Day, I know how to prepare my team for this game better than you know how to prepare yep. this team for this game. Not too dissimilar to Dave Doran at NC State and right. how he treats the North Carolina game, right? Yep. I don't know if Michigan on the national level is going to do the same thing how they bullied Ohio State, which I think is a larger conversation about where Ryan Day is. It's kind of funny. Ryan Day is feeling heat. He's literally lost two games, man. Two games. Like two games, and he's beating heat. It's the John Cooper rule, right? Whew. John Cooper was at Ohio State forever, and he couldn't beat Michigan. He, mm -hmm. he he every year won ten or eleven games, 
went to the Rose Bowl a bunch of times, won Big Tens prior to championship games. But but that was the you only have to win one game, and, and it's and it, you really do. If you went one and eleven, um, you probably could keep the job if as long as you won that <laughs> that game at the end of the year. But yeah, it's it's so funny. I, I went to Ohio State midseason, did a story of on the wide receivers. I love Ryan Day. I yeah. think he's awesome. I think I, I can't stand Urban Meyer. I can't stand him. I've never liked him. And Ryan Day is the anti-Urban Meyer. He's just a good guy who can coach yeah. football. And um, and so yeah, he'll. I feel like he'll get it figured out, but it's uh, but man, it's um, there's a reason why that game, uh, if you want to want to admit it or not, there's a reason why that game is the game. And uh, but yeah, but but the point is, Michigan can't bully Georgia, no. can't do it. No. And so it's going to be. I, I think they can bully TCU. Um, I think they could probably uh, physically push around USC to some point. Um, but but there's no way they can they can push Georgia around. So it's the two, and I'll talk about all the playoff stuff. At the end of the day. In the history of the playoff, the short history of the playoff, and go back to the BCS, or whatever else. There's two teams that are better than everyone else, and mm-hmm. the, the the real debate is who's number five. That's really kind of it. And so, if this all plays out the way that it usually plays out, we'll get the four teams we think we're going to get. Uh, we'll probably have two not super competitive uh, semifinals. Um, I hope that's not the case. And then, um, and then you know, the two best teams will be in Los Angeles in January. Ryan McGee, ESPN, Marty and McGee, although at noon, this go-round, yeah. and uh, on Saturday. Well, we're going to be out in Charlotte uh, having all the fun and frivolity ahead of Clemson and uh, in North Carolina. I hope they wear the orange and the blue. I hope they go home. Oh, home my colors. gosh, me too. It, well, and I'll say this. If if uh, if the first half of the Georgia-LSU game thinks goes how I think it's going to go, I might be driving by Bank of America Stadium and waving at y'all <laughs> Use it probably about the third quarter on Saturday night. So we'll see. <laughs> Fair enough. Ryan McGee, ESPN. We appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you later. Yeah, buddy. Thanks. It's the OG. If you've been sending in that conversation with Ryan, check it out on the Best of the OG podcast or on YouTube. You can look it up on our YouTube channel at 999thefan. Uh, just look up 999thefan on YouTube. You'll find us. By the way, have you got? I mean, we got plans for tomorrow. We'll be in Charlotte. we got plans for Saturday as well. We'll be doing uh, lots of radio, 10 to noon for Culture State, and then noon to 2, a special OG walking up to some conference championship football. I keep I keep forgetting that the World Cup hasn't ended yet. Or like that the World Cup didn't stop and then we'll resume play on Saturday with the U.S. and the Netherlands. I thought like that was it. Oh, man. Christian Pulisic. <laughs> Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. You got hit in the balls, and then we're moving on. No, it did not end. Okay. Holy balls. <laughs> well, that ended just like, all right, it's on a break, and they'll resume on Saturday. I'm like, oh, no, they're still doing this? Think of it like the NCAA tournament. Just because, know. you know, Carolina or Duke advances doesn't mean there aren't other games. I know, I know. No, look, look, look. Again, I I completely understand. I, I, I log into Twitter, and I'm just seeing all these like, I can't believe that Mexico is doing like, oh, that's right, they're still playing soccer. Uh, so wait, what am I missing with uh, with Germany? Oh, they're tied to they're a tied piece with right now, and they would be out Ooh. if they do not win. So, meanwhile, and it's been kind of bonkers in the second half of this game. Meanwhile, my ancestors are losing to Japan right now, two one in the eighty first minute. My dad will not take this well. 
they would still go through on goal differential even with a loss. I will say, Spain is who you're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, I'm talking about Spain. Spain, Spain's uh, what is it? Kits. That's the proper terminology yeah. for soccer uniforms. Spain's kits always win. Always, they're the best looking uniforms in the World Cup. Classic every Classic, single uh, year. Spanish red, absolutely. Makes me want to have a little jamón serrano. All right, let's answer some Hey Joe questions. Joe cracked the door. All right, first question here comes from Greg. Hey, Joe, what was Bubba Cunningham telling Eric Church at the Indiana game last night? <laughs> yeah, Eric Church, noted App State guy, but huge Carolina Tar Heel fan, was sitting next to Bubba Cunningham, UNC AD, at the Tar Heels Hoosiers basketball game last night. Bubba Cunningham clearly amused himself with something he told Eric Church. I don't know if Bubba Cunningham was telling him, like, hey, hey, remember when back in September people were talking about App State being the best program in the state even though we beat them in overtime? Remember remember that? Remember that? Ah, they like, we all had a laugh. Let's hope it was an App State joke. <laughs> Maybe it was a Bobby Knight joke. I don't know. I had uh, I had retweeted, uh, shout out to Ross Martin inside Carolina who had pulled some of the TV screen grabs. Uh, shout out to some of the listeners who pointed out uh, Bubba Cunningham was telling Eric Church, you're not going to have to n- cancel any of your concerts in April this year. Mm. Hey-o. Ouch. Hey-o. That oh, was funny. It was funny. Man, we- look, all jokes aside, if you put up Eric Church and you make a sports right, when, when App State people see Eric Church in UNC gear, it bothers them, man. And you know what? I understand. I understand. Completely understand. Next up. This one comes from Jim. Hey, Joe, is Tim Beck going to keep his position at uh, at offensive coordinator? Does the UNC win absolutely erase an abysmal season from the NC State offense? I don't think Tim Beck's going anywhere. There's already – you've seen some of the, the rumor grist mill on the – the Twitters on the and the recruiting grist mill mm-hmm. that they're pursuing one of the Texas quarterbacks because Tim Beck recruited the Texas quarterback as a potential backup for next season. So Tim Beck's not going anywhere. He was there for Dave when he needed him in in twenty. Mm-hmm. And you you say what you want about uh, Dave Doran, but loyalty is definitely in his DNA. So look, NC State wants to win a particular way. Um, you do have to factor in that. Even if things didn't look that smooth with Devin Leary when he was healthy, they still, and you could second guess some of their decision making as to who they wanted to start and when, they still found ways to win, right down to finally getting around to Ben Finley for the Carolina game. We'll see how things play out in the bowl game. Am I am I seeing the rumors that the bowl game for NC State might be Maryland in the Belk, or not the Belk yeah. Bowl, the, the Mayo Bowl? NC State's going to be in Charlotte. The question is, will it be the Sickos Committee? Nightmare dream Iowa. of Iowa, Iowa? or Iowa will it be Maryland? Maryland makes a lot more sense. You can actually get Maryland fans there, and you know we we could definitely have Debbie Yao on this program if Maryland and NC State we, get back together. We absolutely need it's the Debbie Yao Bowl. All I know is that Philip Rivers needs to be nowhere near that game. Nowhere near. If that I game. was Maryland, if I was uh, Loxley, I would pay. <laughs> To fly rivers into that game with Sean Merriman for for those for those who are like wait well, what as decorated of a career Philip Rivers had at NC State there was one team he did not beat zero and four against Maryland 
Adam Gold would love to tell you. That actually reminds me of a time. We used to do this thing. Uh, we used to do like a, a triangle sports banquet back in the day. And Adam Gold, who hosts Noon to Three, he was the MC one year. And Philip Rivers was receiving some award. Maryland grad Adam Gold. And he made some sort of Maryland joke. I'm here to tell you because I witnessed it. Philip Rivers did not crack a smile. Now, he didn't get up and slap at him. We didn't have an Oscars moment. But it was not, it was not received well by Philip Rivers. Next up. I got a proposition for you. All right, next one comes from Nick. Hey, Joe, with the college football playoff finally expanding to 12 and conference champs getting first round by, will this finally get Notre Dame to join the ACC? <laughs> I feel like this is a mean girls moment. Like, we got to stop trying to make fetch happen. Notre Dame's not joining the ACC. It's just, okay. You need a full generation to cycle through before it really happens. Couple things. Or it's entertained. A couple things here. What the the Hey Joe question was referencing is that with this new playoff format that's supposed to kick in 2024, 2025, because the Rose Bowl finally agreed to this, which is its own thing altogether, the top four conference champions will be allowed a bye week or they will be given a bye week again that's important conference champions meaning there are two teams that would not qualify for this one is notre dame multiple but yeah and and who's the other uconn uconn i know there's a that's why jim mora wouldn't talk to us (laughs) finally solved the problem i don't think uconn is going to be the team that puts this to the test but notre dame obviously would so yeah notre dame could be a top team i mean they could go undefeated and because they're not a conference champion, they would actually be fifth. That's the highest they could be, and they would host a playoff game. So a couple things to keep in mind about what's about this particular topic. Re- refresh my memory, Julio. Was Jack Swarbrick part of the committee that devised this playoff? He was playoff? on the underground committee, yes. Okay. The four-man committee. So you would, you would surmise that the guy who helped put this thing together is perfectly yeah. cool with that. Yeah, because... They're going to host those opening round games. The higher seed hosts, the better seed hosts. So Notre Dame would get a playoff game at Notre Dame Stadium. It's interesting. There's uh, I've seen this sentiment out there, and I actually completely buy into it. You're going to see teams hosting playoff games, and a lot of schools are going to be like, wait a minute, we want to do that because of the home gate and the fact that they would actually get an advantage rather than having somebody to travel to a neutral site. It's the OG. Alongside Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Ovius. If you missed anything from today's show, check it out on the Best of the OG podcast. We'll talk to the Carolina Hur- talk about the Carolina Hurricanes. They went two weeks without a win. They were getting points, some overtime losses, uh, but they uh, they were struggling there for a bit to get an actual win. Two in a row now, and we'll talk to Trip Tracy, Carolina Hurricanes Ballet Sports next. Local sports news, major highlights, 99.9 The Fan, ESPN Radio. This is the greatest value ever offered on your home for sports. Play 99.9 The Fan. Here are the stories to follow on 99.9 The Fan, WRL Sports Plus and WRL Sports Fan. Dot com Bowl projections for Duke, NC State, and North Carolina. Obviously much still to be, to be determined with UNC facing Clemson this weekend in the ACC championship game. Also, college football playoff expansion is going to start in 2024, going from four teams to 12. Coming up in the next 10 minutes on the OG, we're going to talk to former UNC quarterback Marquise Williams.
the OG. Alongside Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Obvious. Dennis Cox is the producer of this program. If you missed any of this show, you can check it out on the Best of the OG podcast. Also, check us out on YouTube. Just look up 99.9 The Fan. Various topics from uh, our conversation with Ryan McGee of ESPN. Um, us being triggered by Matt Rule again, which quick PSA. Quick PSA. Because I've seen this sentiment. But Matt Rule, who's now the Nebraska coach, has done some media rounds. And he, and for whatever reason, the guy is secured in his money. He got a, a good college job that's paying him that money. And for some reason, he feels the need to go out there and completely just retcon his time with the Panthers, right? So, you know, I, I Dennis puts up the YouTube video, and we put it out there on social media and whatnot. And I got a couple emails. I got a couple mentions. You look at the comments, and it's like, would you guys just move on from Matt Rule? He's dead. Move along. What's funny about that is, well, here's the problem. We would move on, but you know what routinely gets the most engagement? You know what y'all are clicking on and commenting on? Matt Rule. So we'll move on when y'all move on. We'll move on to the Carolina Hurricanes. Trip Tracy, Bally Sports, joining us now on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Trip, what's going on, man? What's up, Joe? How are you doing? We are good. Game 24 against the St. Louis Blues tonight. Canes going for three in a row, Trip. Let's get that streak after a weird, very weird November. How would you... How would you assess November and its weirdness? Um, results business. Uh, I, I liked, they so rarely, this Hurricanes team or any team that Rod has coached, cheats you with their effort. And because of that, it's once in a blue moon that they ever have a stinker. So there really wasn't, when I look at effort, uh, not only there wasn't a stinker in all of November, I don't think there's been a stinker this year bound to happen at some point. Um, I thought that the way that they played, they easily could have garnered more points. Um, but uh, until, and I'm very hopeful about this recently, but in a small sample size, they've started to get some contributions through their lineup. Uh, and you can't just have the big guys who have been terrific. And you think about the big guys and Nate just having a big bounce back here, mm-hmm. Avo, Svetnikov can't have them, you know, being the ones that produce every night. You started to get some other guys that are feeling better. You have a guy that has been terrific all year that has two consecutive game winners in Brett Pesci. There are special teams which uh, struggled, especially the power play throughout a, a very good portion of November. Didn't score in Pittsburgh, but had four goals, uh, two from each unit in the two games prior. So all in all, new faces, incredibly difficult schedule. Uh, being on the road so much and so much travel, new faces. Um, I, I like where the Hurricanes are at, Joe. I just think it's so important uh, to keep their heads above water here in in the last uh, several games of this trip in St. Louis and mm-hmm. California, both games, and coming home but continuing on the road to New York and Detroit. Trip Tracy, Valley Sports, Carolina Hurricanes, joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. That's Joe Obvious. I'm Joe Giglio. All right, Trip. In NC State's football season this year, they had a quarterback, MJ Morris, step up, and they're like, you know what? This guy's the future of the program. And then, sure enough, he steps in, and he looked like the future of the program. In goalie Piotr Kachekov, we we kind of all think this guy's the future of the program. Mm-hmm. Is 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 the is the future now for the Canes? 
Well, I'm Joel. I have been from the first time I laid eyes upon him uh, in practice before his first start last year, late in the season in Jersey. Um, he got me uh, in a very significant manner. The physical tools, the self-belief, his likability, his swagger. Um, Ronta's going to go tonight, uh, keeping both goaltenders uh, in the swing of things. Um, and and Ante from his, his days in the Western Conference, divisional opponent when he was a Chicago, Chicago Blackhawk, familiarity with St. Louis. I am fully confident in Piotr Kochetkov right now. And, I, you know, the, the Hurricanes fans, I did a video with him because for my podcast, I'm giving him my – and he earned it my uh, Canes dig-in player of the month for November. And, I mean, just his likability just screaming through the camera yesterday, if you've seen that video. I mean, and his teammates feel that. The fans feel that. Mechanically, I love the way he moves. I love the way that he doesn't get dazed and rattled in traffic. Um, I, I'd be very comfortable with him right now. Uh, that's the bottom line. I think it's uh, a good contract uh, that will start after the season for four years. For him, gives him stability. I think it's an outstanding contract for the Hurricanes because I really have such high hopes for him on all levels. And more than anything else, well, the two things, his likability that teammates feel. And, you know, listen, his teammate, the teammate, the Hurricanes love Auntie and they love Freddie too. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the self-belief element. What I love most about his win in Pittsburgh is that for the first time, I thought he really fought the puck early. You're not going to feel great every night. And he built a game that shows mental toughness and self-belief to me because uh, you're not going to feel your A game every night. Trip Tracy, Bally Sports, Carolina Hurricanes. Canes back in action tonight. You can catch Stormwatch with Adam Gold starting at 7.30, 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock face-off, followed by the aftermath. Also check out Canes Corner, brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Uh, we'll, we'll close on this. I was actually asking Gold about this the other day in the hallway with Jesperi Kokanyemi. And this is not necessarily about his level of production. It's more about the odd fascination that people seem to have with him, especially, you know, back in Montreal with the offer sheet and everything else. Do you sense that any of that stuff gets to him? If it, is this just a fan and, and media creation where they have like, you know, hard feelings about this? How do you kind of read where he is right now and what they need from him and what he can be and what kind of how he's discussed? It's a very good question, Joe. Um, and I'm, it's making me reflect for a second. I mean, in Montreal, um, he was not in the role. He was at times for a young player, but not in the role that is is, is a huge role, bottom line. I mean, the departure of Vincent Trocek, at least that he's been in for the majority of the season. Um, and so I, as an analyst, I, I, I judge him on being able to take the necessary steps to um, to be able to deliver in that role. Has he delivered in that role? No. Um, he has shown some recent productive signs for me. Now, some of that he's been shifted down to the fourth line where he had such great success last year. I thought his best back-to-back set was in Boston where he scored a power play goal, and then you noticed him most every shift against Calgary. I, t- I thought he took a step back in Pittsburgh the other night. You know, I constantly talk about um, – and I go in with a, I go in with a, a lens and a desire for every night. Yes, Barry showing me that he's taken those steps. He is an unbelievably likable kid. I can tell you that to the ends of the earth. Um, 
and in St. Louis here last year, he played one of his best games of the year. He got in a fight, not that that's part of his job makeup. He was standing up for, I believe it was Derek Stepan. I say that because he was playing with bite, fire in his belly. He got hurt the next game in Washington, which was very unfortunate because he was really going. So I'm, I'm actually thinking about him tonight as a player to watch because he was so good here last year. All of the attention, and I can just speak for myself as an analyst for this hockey team, uh, it's because his role is extremely important. You can't win uh, and go deep into playoffs if you don't have a guy that is reliable and production uh, in that role. And so where does it fit here moving forward? Does he stay in that uh, spot that he's played the majority of the year? Does he rotate between the third and fourth line? In some ways, playing on the fourth line simplifies things for him. He, again, had success there last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a little bit less pace. There's easier matchups. Um, but I, I constantly go into the broadcast booth, which I will in a couple hours, hoping that he's going to take those steps. And I did think that he started to take some very positive steps Friday, Saturday, last weekend against the Bruins and the Flames. Trip Tracy, Bally Sports, excellent as always. Have fun on the broadcast tonight with Mike Maniscalco, which – you're going to give Maniscalco a shout, right? He was a finalist for the North, uh, the National Sports Media Association Sportscaster of the Year in uh, North Carolina. You know what? A huge congratulations to my partner and also to you, Joe. You were on that list. Julia was on uh, the list, yes. And you know what? And, uh, you know, it's great stuff, guys. And um, I'm uh, very, very happy for, for Mike. I mean, I going back to – you know, whatever, you know, college. And then when I played pro two years, I mean, learned at a young age that the most uh, meaningful compliments you can get there, you know, it's everybody is, is you know, it's possibly impacted if you earn special compliments, but is that from your peers? And uh, that's congratulations, uh, you know, to, to both Mike and Joe. Trip, you're the best man. We'll talk to you later. You guys have a great afternoon. It's the OG alongside Joe Giglio, finalist, sportscaster, North Carolina, and SMA. I'm Joe Ovius. Uh, we will check in with Marquise Williams, former North Carolina quarterback, part of that 2015 squad that got to the ACC championship game against Clemson. What's he seeing, Drake May? What's he seeing, Josh Downs? We'll talk to him next. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.